my biggest learnings would be my failures and i think uh, that makes you really strong so when i was preparing uh, to crack my mba exam so just the prelim exam so it's called as the common aptitude test in india uh, i think there were a couple of times that i was not able to crack it there were times that i was really sad about it but those times if i look back now those times actually made me the person that who i am this is life at bp conversations with inspiring people with inspiring stories conversation about their life at bp and beyond i'm pratibha rakesami your host for the life at bp podcast this episode is a conversation with gaurav khatri who joined bp's graduate program in 2017 with an orchestral business in india For those that don't know, Castrol is a BP-owned brand and a world-leading business in high-performance lubricants for automotive, industrial, marine, and aerospace industries. During our conversation, Gaurav paints a vivid picture of what being part of this much-loved brand is really like. He shares some of the unique and interesting challenges he's faced over the past three years, and how becoming a One Young World ambassador has inspired him. and set him on a course to becoming an avid advocate and educator on the need to creating a net zero world. Thank you for joining yeah. me on on the podcast. Super super excited to talk to somebody from our Castrol business. Thank you. Gaurav, can you tell me a little bit about your current role? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity. So in my current role, I work as a route to market analyst. So more on uh, driving strategic transformation initiatives for the company. that means you know transforming more towards the digital side of things and defining the ways of working for the sales team on ground designing the sales incentive in sales incentive plans for the channel partners that we have in our business to even the employees and looking more towards not just what we will do in the next two months but more on a very long term horizon as to what will happen in this particular organization for the next two years three years and more on those fronts and does your current role cover pretty much all of the products that uh, castrol produces yeah so primarily uh, the route to market analyst role is divided into two parts so there is another colleague of mine who handles the b2c part of business and i handle the b2b part of business which are so b2c is uh, business to customer and b2b is business to business right so no b2c would actually mean business to consumer and not customer and as you said b2b uh, which is business to business that would involve working with big multinational corporations in the field of automotive manufacturing etc and you know a lot of people don't really know the link between castrol and bp i think yeah. it's something that you know depends on where you are people mm-hmm. don't generally know that castrol is a bp brand so let's maybe talk a little bit about the link between castrol and bp so uh, castrol in india is a very old brand uh, so i think uh, we have uh, been in india for more than 110 years uh, then later on in the year 2000 uh, bp actually purchased castrol and from year 2000 uh, castrol became a part of bp and bp has the controlling equity share uh, for castrol globally so for roughly 20 years now uh, we are proud to be a part of the bp group So essentially when you're talking about your experience within Castrol you are mm-hmm. also talking about an experience within a huge brand a business within BP. Yes exactly so because I think uh, the work culture and the policies that govern a lot of things and I think work culture primarily I think that has come a lot from how BP used to function as an organization and completely when 
the purchase took place and there are cases where i used to talk to my previous line managers who have been working in bp probably started working in 90s and they used to tell the stark difference in how castrol was in 90s and when bp came and especially they used to talk a lot about safety because bp as an organization is known for safety as as its core value and how it completely transitioned how castrol used to work before it was purchased by bp and the stark difference that they saw so i could clearly correlate to that that what bp has created an impact on the brand castrol as well can you tell me a little bit about your journey to castrol because your background is pretty interesting you started mm-hmm. off as an engineer yeah. and then you went to the world of work like did a couple of years and then you pivoted into an mba into sales and marketing so mm-hmm. yeah. can you tell me a little bit about some of the drivers that moved you from engineering into yeah. a, a sales and marketing space mm-hmm. so i was working with the tata group and uh, tata group is one of the most prominent uh, conglomerates in india so i was working on a technology called as new product development so new product development is something that you see on a marketing lens as well and from a technical lens as well so because i was working for a technical organization i was involved more towards the technical aspect of new product development but we had cross functional meetings and we got to know a lot about the marketing aspect and that that point in time i realized that i was more enthusiastic about the marketing part of it and not so much about the technical part of it and that is when i realized that okay the most logical next step could be uh, going towards the marketing aspect of it and that is when i decided to do my masters in business administration i did it in sales and marketing i was lucky enough that i got a chance to work with castrol uh, very early on my career so i did my summer internship with castrol and working with castrol it brought back my two passions i was a mechanical engineer so again it was you working with engines i was working with automobiles and then there was an organization who was known for its marketing activities who was known for its strength in sales and i think it brought back the engineer in me and the marketer in me together and that is how i think uh, the life in castle for the past years has been very interesting for me other than kind of the brand itself which is very mm-hmm. prominent fundamentally like when you were given the choice mm-hmm. you know when we had to like sign that contract there may have yeah. been certain things that really drove you to think okay this is basically the best mm-hmm. place for me to to start my marketing career um can you think of a few things that really sort of made it clear for you this was the right company uh, right fit for you so i think uh, i will talk about the brand strength here so i did my summer internship and within those two months i clearly realized the strength of the brand castrol uh, so the projects that i did during my summer internship i interacted a lot with the sales team i was working with the marketing team although but there was a product launch and i actually got an opportunity to work probably equivalent to an assistant brand manager to execute that launch of the product so i was interacting with the sales team a lot and i think during that interaction i think i could clearly understand the strength of the brand castrol and uh, while even doing some informal conversations people used to tell me that there is a very prominent brand called as crb uh, crb as a brand is known uh, as a very big prominent player in the commercial vehicle space so your tractors and trucks so mostly farmers use it a lot and india is an agrarian economy as well and they used to give me instances that if you go to small villages where farmers are there probably they cannot read the word castrol but they could clearly identify the color pattern of the word crb written on the castrol pail uh, 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 of oil and the challenge that they face is the moment they change the logo a little or probably they'll write that okay there's a free coupon inside or a promo inside they used to get very skeptical because they were not able to read that it's 
something is free with this product. They saw that there's something has changed and the color pattern has changed and they actually started doubting that it's a counterfeit product. So sales team had that challenge to convince the people. No, that's, so I was actually in one of the villages in India and I think people could completely say that, okay, this is not castor iso. This is a new packing of castor. It was very difficult for me to convince them that this is the new and revised packing, and I'm not selling you a counterfeit product. And I think that was that talked about huge brand strength that castor had, and was completely yeah. impressed. Yeah, it's like the challenges are so different, right? It's like yeah. it's so different because that's that's really not the sort of stuff that somebody working in castor in the UK or the US will face. It's it's a very particular problem. In a very particular place, because of the socio-economic climate that yeah, yeah. that that you operate in, so mm-hmm. you're there just kind of trying to promote Castrol and being taken for a fraud. It's like quite interesting. <laughs> exactly. So I think interacting with the sales team, uh, they talked a lot about another aspect, which which is safety, and I think safety is core to me because uh, my native place is Bhopal, and Bhopal is a place in central India. It's infamously known uh, for Bhopal gas tragedy. Uh, I think I'm not sure you'd be aware of it or not, but Bhopal gas tragedy, essentially, it was a safety failure in a chemical plant. And uh, my mom, unfortunately, is a chronic asthma patient because of that. So it's it's in that way, it's very close to me as well. So when people uh, in Castrol from the, from day one, even when I was a summer intern, talked about safety a lot, I could clearly see that it's not just people are talking about safety, people are actually implementing in their daily lives as well. And be it someone in sales, marketing, or a workman in the floor, I think I think that touched me a lot uh, in terms of the work culture of the organization. And I think that actually prompted me to just go ahead and sign that agreement. Very powerful. And uh, I'm really sorry to hear that your mom's still suffering. I think anybody from India won't forget the tragedy i think it happened around the year i was born wasn't it 80 yeah 1984 84 yeah so um yeah it kind of uh, uh, you know it was it was massive and and, yeah. and we still talk about it so i completely completely see where you're coming from mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. being touched directly by it so yeah. it's amazing how much safety is important because people are feeling the effects of that now Precisely. 30 odd years later. So let's talk a little bit about the selection process. The graduate market is highly competitive and it can be super overwhelming, right? Especially in India, you know, the amount of graduates that come out of engineering schools that have all of these options. Can you think about your um, process? And just in terms of what sort of things do you think may have given you the advantage during mm-hmm. that? First of all, the recruitment process is pretty dynamic, so I'm not sure that the exact process is being followed this year or not, but I'll talk about my specific experience. Uh, so during my year of recruitments, uh, Castrol recruited only summer interns, uh, mm-hmm. and the logic that they followed was that they will recruit summer interns, and all the people who joined as full-time employees actually were summer interns who performed really well. And basis that either they got a direct offer from Castrol if they performed really well, and if there were certain questions still that someone needed to ask, they got a pre-placement interview, and then finally they joined. The whole idea was to give a candidate complete two months to prove themselves. It was more to understand that person uh, on a time period of two months. And the mentors that we were being assigned during the summer interns on a professional front and even on a personal front, they helped us a lot. Even even on the basics of what is the best way to give a presentation to someone who is senior sitting in front of you. So I think on, on those lines, uh, 
I think both on a personal front and a professional front, I learned a lot. And the person that the mentor that I worked with, uh, he has switched from Castrol and has been working on a different organization. But till this day, three years down the line, four years down the line, actually, we st- we are still in touch. So we almost interact almost on every every couple of months we do interact. So I think that bond of two months is still there. And I think that is the kind of people that they choose to especially guide the new joinees who are joining the organization. I think that has helped me a lot. So it's essentially an extended interview process for both parties, I think, because Castrol gets to know what you can yeah. bring. And I mm-hmm. think you also get a really in-depth view of your future organization, if that is indeed the right place yeah. for you. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to, great it's way win, to... It's a win-win situation for both the parties, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and during that process, did you get any feedbacks about mm-hmm. um, what made you particularly stand out? So during my summer internship, one thing that I realized is uh, the feedback that I got was more on the front that I was very proactive. Uh, so whenever new joinees come and they come and talk to me, I think this one thing that I keep telling them that initial years of your life, you have to be very proactive. I think proactiveness is something that you should have all your life, but especially during the initial of life, you have to be very proactive, look out for opportunities. And every time an opportunity knocks your door, you should be completely ready to grasp that opportunity. And I think you should not miss on that. Uh, so even on the smallest of bits, so I remember there was, uh, during my summer internship, there was a senior leader who was retiring, uh, who had a farewell. So I think even I was involved in that part as well. So not just learning, even on the fun stuff. And I think that also created a really good bond with some of the peers within the marketing flow that I was not closely working with. But I think during though that conversation, so I was just helping out create some snippets and some videos, these kinds of things. So some really fun stuff, but I think that helped me out a lot. You've kind of done a great internship. You moved mm-hmm. into the actual graduate program. Um, mm-hmm. And are there any things in that transition that you found particularly challenging? And mm-hmm. how did you um, overcome them? What, are, what, what sort of support and, and help did you seek in those challenging times? So I think graduates from a university life to a corporate life, I think, uh, especially from a course like uh, sales and marketing and a mark and a master's in business administration kind of role, which is not something very technical in nature. So for example, in engineering, you learn some engineering concepts. And probably if you talk about being a lawyer, you have some legal terminologies. But when it comes to MBA, uh, you need a lot of practical experience. And what happens during the two years that we do MBA, we get to learn a lot about theoretical aspects of, okay, this can be an ideal uh, theoretical go-to-market strategy, or this can be an ideal theoretical sales plan. But when you actually go out on the field, you realize that importance of execution of a plan is much more than just the ideation part. And I think uh, right throughout the first year, wherein I was going through different states and different geographies within India, I think each and every manager that I had focused on this aspect that, okay, it's good to have an idea, but how will you execute that idea on ground is actually what would matter. So you have your input right there, but your output is something that would be measured. So you have to plan your journey from input to output and you have to accordingly filter in your lead time of doing a lot of activities, create a robust project plan and these kinds of things. And I think at that point in time, I did talk to a lot of people, not just my immediate manager, uh, my peers and certain uh, graduates who were just a couple of years senior to me within Castrol. I think they also promptly helped me a lot and gave some tips. Uh, how did they tackle their stints during their graduate life in the first initial few months? And I think that helped me a lot. And is it easy as a graduate to approach people 
ask questions, talk to people? And how do you build and find that confidence um, to do that? So I believe the work culture of a company plays a lot here because I will do a stark contrast. So because I as a person, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, so I lo- like talking to people a lot. But in my previous organization, despite the fact that I was an extrovert, it was very difficult to go and talk to people because the moment you go and talk to people, you should get that proper response from the other party as well. Uh, so in my previous organization, and probably it was a technical role, that also might be a reason, uh, but I did not get that kind of a response. Uh, but within Castrol, I think starting from even when I joined and it was just 15 days within the role, I could connect with anyone. The only thing that I requested is find my time in the calendar and block my time. Anyone would be happy to support in any most silliest of queries. And I think moving on, I've just completed three years and I think this still goes. This is completely true even today. So um, apart from being quite receptive and accessible, what other words would you use to describe uh, the, the culture within Castrol? So in India, uh, safety matters a lot. So I'm probably again going to safety because uh, that is something that was imbibed in my brain. And I think uh, I remember the first few reviews. So during my presentation, or during my review in the first couple of months, I was talking to one of the senior managers and I was presenting to him and my first slide was on safety. And I talked about that. Okay, I observed the following few things on safety. I reported something called as a near miss uh, and he, he heard about the incident and then he told me that what what does it help you achieve and why do you do a near miss or when you observe these incidents you're noting down these observations somewhere but how is it helping you out and I was stumbled at that point in time just two months into joining Castrol and I think uh, his answer was very apt and his answer was that you have a heightened sense of safety in your life and it really struck me because uh, I came back and my dad used to sporadically put seat belts. And I remember that after coming to Castrol, I know that I became really strict with him. And I think since three years, last three years, I've not seen him driving without a seat belt. Uh, so I think more from that, from that safety is does not become a part of your professional life. It becomes a part of your personal life as well. And that is how people imbibe the values of safety within you. And it's not about a uh, mandatory thing that you need to do people talk about more more from logic sense that okay why do you need to do it uh, i think that struck a lot within me and the second thing that i talked about that people are very approachable here uh, and the other thing that i found really good is that even if i approach someone and if that person does not have the answer that person puts in a lot of effort to connect me with the right person be, be it anything and i think i've experienced in the current role that i'm doing uh, so I completely transitioned from a frontline sales role. So I was uh, in sales role till December. Starting January, I uh, became a route to market analyst in this current role. I needed a lot of help initially, but uh, I went to a lot of people. <laughs> I kept talking to a lot of people and they started telling me that you should find the right guy. And they used to guide me to talk to the right guy. And I think that helped me a lot to completely uh, get abreast with the role quickly within the span of just a couple of months. So yeah. I can see that you are also a one young world ambassador yes so first of all for our listeners who may not know what that is can you provide a very quick overview of what one young world is and what does it mean to be a delegate so one young world is a not-for-profit which is based out of london and the idea behind which this not-for-profit was formed is that the world is on an unsustainable path and this is something that even Bernard quoted on 12th of Feb, and I think uh, 
what this organization does is essentially they realize that the young leaders and they define young leaders as less than 30 which is debatable that people even at the age of 50 can be young but yeah <laughs> so that is how they define it uh, they say that our generation does not have the option to completely ignore the problem and when i say ignore the problem the problems uh, are again bucketed as the sustainable development goals laid down by the un so removing poverty fighting climate change quality education uh, equal rights refugee crisis and biodiversity and a lot of things so what exactly happens a lot of big corporates also back it there are a lot of workshops there are a lot of round tables there are a lot of uh, associations and lectures that you get to hear during that a particular conference that happens every year for roughly 4 days and bp has been sending delegates for i think last 3 or 4 years bp has been sending delegates and now we have a big alumni base within bp as well so we would be roughly around 150 plus uh, one young world alumni going to one young world has been one of the most pivotal experiences in the past 3 years that i worked for bp how it started was and i think initially uh, an internal uh, opening was there that there is a one young world uh, delegation being sent to london and if you wish you can apply and the eligibility criteria was again less than 30 years of age uh, initially i frankly i did not know a lot about one young world and one thing that i did was i just tried to figure out what exactly one young world is i went to yammer found a couple of posts i saw a couple of posts of people from australia who had went uh, an year earlier I connected with them they talked to me a little about what one young world is and how exciting it is an opportunity and then i applied a uh, tough selection criteria uh, but then i got through <laughs> and 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 the experience was mesmerizing and i think even after one young world conference the work was not done so what we have completed almost an year down the line i'm still executing a project that will again run till the month of march on sustainability on net zero uh, so that's what i'm doing in one young world <laughs> brilliant so your area of interest because in your application you have to um talk about your area of passion so yeah. um so net zero was your focus area so initially before going to one young world uh, so because i have been working with a few ngos in the past and i was primarily working in the field of primary education so my whole idea was that once socio economic conditions should not be a deterministic factor in the education a child is getting so for example uh, someone who is from a middle class family and someone who is from a lower middle class family at least the basic primary education because i earn a lot of money that should not be the deterministic factor of what kind of education that that child is getting i think more from that front and i was really passionate about that i'm still very passionate about that but when i went to london i realized that uh, a lot of things were happening in the field of climate change so i still work in the field of education as well Uh, but that is outside of bp within bp i have been working uh, with a project team spanning six seven countries we are a team of seven people we are working on a project called as net zero and me the whole idea of it is to ensure that we'll educate engage and empower the employees within bp about their role in uh, helping bp become a net zero company by 2050 so that was our purpose of a project uh, and yes when bernard announced uh, this aim on similar lines on 12th of feb we were really ecstatic about it and i think after that as well we are getting a lot of positive responses from various teams we have connected to more than 300 stakeholders in the last 6 7 months and the journey has been very very exciting so thinking about the journey ahead the reinvented mm-hmm. bp our purpose and ambition 
Um, have you had a chance to think about what sort of areas that you can bring your skills and expertise into to really help us achieve our ambition? Yeah, yeah. So luckily, and I think this is because of One Young World, uh, I had been working on a global project and uh, and especially during COVID times when, COVID times when lockdown happened, uh, we created a lot of work streams in India. And I think one of the work streams uh, that was created was on sustainability and trying to create a roadmap for sustainability strategy for Castrol India. And being a part of One Young World and because of my inclination towards working in that field, I was a part of that cross-functional team as well. So we started working on the first draft and that work is, is in progress. So on that part, I'm already in the organization in the work that they are doing in the form of creating a sustainability strategy. Apart from that, I'm really interested on the low carbon front. Uh, so the project that I'm doing, so there was a net zero hackathon that happened uh, roughly 15 days back. So I'm a part of that as well. So anything that it comes to low carbon, net zero, and even within my departments that I have. So my department is customer excellence and operations. There is uh, the B2B sales team. There is the finance team. I uh, took the liberty of trying to explain people and help them understand that these are the 10 aims that BP has laid down and how can we as individuals play our part. And I think more of creating that baseline awareness within each and every employee, because I strongly believe that uh, Instead of 10 people trying to, to find a solution to a problem, if 50,000 BP employees together try to look for a solution every single day on sustainability, and I think it will be very easy for BP as an organization to become a net zero company by 2050. You're playing right. your part in creating a net zero movement within yeah. within the organization. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we we all need that, but it's great to hear your journey and in India. Like, back home either you know as soon as you finish your school you become a doctor or an engineer or you know this the decision is in some ways yeah. made and i know this yeah. <laughs> um so looking back on your journey so far what has been your biggest learnings i think my biggest learnings and i think very ironically my biggest learnings would be my failures and i think uh, that makes you really strong so when I was preparing uh, to crack my MBA exam, so just the prelim exam, so it's called as the common aptitude test in India. Uh, I think there were a couple of times that I was not able to crack it. There were times that I was really sad about it. But those times, if I look back now, those times actually made me the person that who I am. And I think during those times, so there was those times that I started working with an NGO as well, and I realized the importance. So initially, it started with me trying to find something to do because I had uh, I was free for a lot of time so initially it started with that suddenly it became I became so close to it that it actually became my passion and if I look at that journey from starting from 2012 when I start, first started working with an NGO right now again not working with an NGO per se but again with even my business uh, as usual I'm actually engaged in a lot of activities that actually gives me a sense of uh, doing something for the planet. And I always believe that I think not just from a personal point or from a professional point, everyone as an individual also should have a purpose in their lives. And I think my purpose in life, uh, if I want to sum it in one single line is that I want to give back to the world more than uh, what it is right now. So I think uh, the world is in a turmoil and I think COVID 19 and what we what we have been seeing in the past three four months is just the trailer for the movie that might come sometime later in the next 20 25 years and i think uh, it's high time that a lot of us 
come out and try to do something and make a lot of changes to our lifestyles uh, to the way we operate and i think i'm really proud to work for the bp now if we're actually a part of the system and we're trying to fix the system well on that note first of all good luck in everything that you're doing and you're going to you're going to be yes. really key in in us achieving our net zero ambition but i had a great time talking to you today so thank you so much thank you even i had a great time i think it was one of my first experiences and loved it <laughs>